Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Rockhound Talk Live, the only live Rockhound podcast on Facebook and YouTube. So welcome. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing all right, Amber. I've uh, been pretty busy. Uh, unfortunately, not rockhounding that much, but, you know, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I still was able to squeeze some in today. Um it was a bit hot for me for some odd reason, even though it wasn't that hot out today. Um, I felt like it. And um, we got some good stuff today. Um, let's see, I got, we could see here, maybe. So, oh, is that a uh, calcite? Yeah, yeah, this is a smaller piece. I was able to, we got some pretty big ones. And then um, brachiopod there that has uh, pyrotized. Yeah, it's a, more of a red pyrite, uh, but yeah, and some other uh, stuff here in the area where I live. So just needed to get out there and collect a bit. I try to at least once a week. So <laughs> I at least yeah. I try. It doesn't. It's not always. It doesn't always happen, but I try. So, so you're still getting everything ready at home and all that stuff. Yes. Yeah. And unfortunately, I've been so busy with work. I haven't even been able to unpack. Like I've got so many boxes of rocks and minerals and fossils and all sorts of stuff that I've got now empty display cases moved into my house that have nothing in them. So I'm trying to I'm hoping this weekend I'm going to be able to go through and get a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I also started to go through um, back in May. I did a trip to the Upper Peninsula, Michigan, for some copper minerals. Yeah. And so I've got some copper that I've been, I've I've gotten the the first round of cleaning from one of the mines. I've got that done. So that's so tell also me, how do you progress. clean copper? And because isn't it sensitive to water or no? Uh, well, I just did a quick rinse with water just to get the dirt off, and then. Okay. Um, depends on what it is. So um, the Copper Country Rock and Mineral Club, um, which is the ccrmc.org, I believe is their website. They actually have an interesting article on their website of cleaning with sulfamic acid. Okay. Um, we did a joint field trip with them, and one of the people from their club mentioned some of the cleaning things. And so I found some really nice things, like I found a chisel chip. So for those that don't know, back in the 1800s, you couldn't just transport a huge, massive piece of copper. You had to chisel it down to smaller pieces. And what they would do is when they would try to get smaller, sometimes you would have like a, you know, if you were to chisel anything that's soft, you might have like a sliver that came off. And I actually found a piece of that. Um, and they told me it's, it's rare. And so don't clean it with sulfamic because it could actually damage the copper. Oh. It's sulfamic's more of like, if you have a bunch of pieces, you can just throw it in and not worry about it. Okay. Um, so they told me to actually use, um, just soap and water to clean okay. it. Um, other pieces that are maybe not quite as fragile, but a little bit, you know, sort of in between that I've been told to use vinegar to try to get some of the calcite okay. and things off. Okay. Um, but then to go, like, if you've got a whole bunch of them, you can use sulfamic acid. Um, there's also, I've heard of a thing called copper bright, which is for, like, copper, okay. like... Like polishing? Um, yeah, yeah. So if you have, like, copper, like, um, decorative the, things that you need to polish. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can use things like that. I haven't been able to find it anywhere, so um, I'll need to kind of look around for that. But, yeah, it's it's on my list. I've got all these chemicals. 
I also bought a um, half face respirator so I don't have to wear, I have a full face I wear for work when I'm around dangerous chemicals and different things. So I've got a half face now that I can use for using different acids and things, especially if I'm in a basement of a, yeah, of a house where some of the vapors yeah. might be. Yeah. Toxic for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. So tonight we have, um, Kelsey Darnold tonight. She's going to talk to us a bit about her journey and a lapidary work. She is a lapidary artist that went viral on TikTok. And um, we're going to hear about her story. And I've got questions because I am trying to perfect my rock tumbling. So I want to pick her brain a bit. <laughs> and any of anyone else who is um, trying to perfect their tumbling definitely will benefit from tonight's show. And um, so that's that's what we'll we'll be talking about tonight. And Ben, you've got some questions prepared as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, if if anyone else has some questions too, feel free to drop them in the comments yes. now. We'll we'll get to them throughout the show. Um, so make sure to do that um, as well. Yeah, and we'll we'll shout out uh, Mineral Monsters. Thanks for watching. Hey, Suze, thanks for joining. And Everett, um, thanks for watching, guys. And I think Mike, my, my uh, friend that I went uh, collecting with, I think he might be on the show tonight. So shout out to Mike if um, you're watching and you just haven't uh, chimed in. So Great. should we bring, bring um, Kelsey on? Yeah, yeah, we can go ahead and get started here a little bit early. That's That's great. Hello. Hi. I was enjoying the show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. This is Kelsey Darnold. Um, she is our guest tonight. She is a lapidary artist and a sensation on TikTok. So welcome. How are you? I'm great. And I'm so excited to be here. It's nice to meet you, Ben. Yes. Yeah. I wasn't able to do the uh, pre-interview. I've been so busy with work. So yeah, nice to meet you. <laughs> um, so tell us. Um, how long have you been on TikTok? I think, you know, it really started either right before COVID hit or right at the beginning. I I feel like it may have been a COVID project. I've always been a rock hound since childhood, uh, but the rock tumbler, I think I got my inspiration actually to try from TikTok and uh, you know, after a few months of just sharing like rock hounding videos, I did, uh, you know, like by state videos, minerals that they could find in their state. And I did rock tumbling videos. And after a few months, it just kind of grew into something. And ever since then, it's just been a whirlwind. <laughs> so you, you said you got started when you were a, a kid. Like, how did that start? Was it something that like your parents were into or you just started picking up rocks or you saw like someone else do it? Like, how did that get, get started? For sure. Definitely got that for my mom. Um, yeah, I was just always picking up any kind of fossils. I live in Southern Illinois, so we don't have a whole lot to offer because I'm not near the good fluorite, you know, but I've always made the best of it. And, you know, having a tumbler makes it even more fun because it can make average looking rocks beautiful. Um, but yeah, just I started 
picking up fossils and things as a kid. I still remember the first time I found a piece of quartz. It was in a little geode, and I thought it was a diamond, and I took it home so excited. I'm like, Mom, I found a diamond. She's like, no, honey, that's not a diamond. <laughs> Great. So so you said so you're not near the uh, the fluorite then on the Kentucky border? You're right. You're not that far south? Okay. Nope. Nope. Yeah, the area I'm in, there really is not much fossils. I can find a lot of fossils. I need to get out and do some more rock hounding like Amber has been this summer. <laughs> I bet yeah. you too, Ben. I don't know you as well, so I don't know what you've been up to this summer. <laughs> well, I did. I did. I was actually the, the field trip leader for the trip that Amber went on where we went out to uh, New Jersey. Oh! And did some fluorescent minerals, and then a couple of us stayed after and looked for some, some fossils. Uh, to right. I didn't find any, unfortunately, but everyone else found some sharks, some uh, Cretaceous age shark teeth, which was kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I need more rock hunting trips in the near future, for sure. Now, especially that it's cooling down where I'm at, I don't have any major, you know, places to go rock hounding. Um, but I have been to Cadet, Missouri, to Haunted Ridge Rocks, and that was a lot of fun. Um, and I think... I think Arkansas might be my next stop, if oh, not Haunted yeah. Ridge again. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm hoping to go down to Haunted Ridge before it gets too cold. Um, yes. Like just, it's like eight hours. I just want to take a weekend because I've yet to, ma to make it there. And they've got some gorgeous, like just like the, the agate, lace agate and the druzy. It's mm -hmm. just, oh, it's fantastic. So it's yeah. on my list for sure. And you're not too far from there, are you? No, no, I can get there. I was thinking it was something like a four-hour drive, so four it's not hours? so bad. Yeah. And it's more than worth it. I mean, you can take home buckets full of yeah. that Missouri lace agate, and it's not only beautiful because of the druzy that's all over it. It has lapidary value. I actually, you know, sliced some of it up and cabbed it, and it made beautiful cabs, too. And I've tumbled that's, it. So That's what oh, I was wow. going to just ask you. Can you do that? Yeah. Can you, yeah, yeah. So you've done that successfully. Nice. Yes. Yep. So I my was having some microphone dysfunction, so I didn't hear. Did you tell, um, just backing up, did you tell us kind of how you got started um, into this? Yes. I, yeah, it just started out mostly collecting um, fossils. Ben can probably tell me. I can never remember how it's pronounced. Is it crinoid or crinoid fossils? I, I've always been told it's, it's a crinoid. Okay, okay, so that say, that was crinoid. what started it. <laughs> I find it so funny on all the minerals and everything. Everyone pronounces it differently. Yeah, they, they, they totally do. They totally do. So you got so you started your TikTok journey, you know, during COVID, which is interesting. When I talk to different guests, so many of them um, started their journey, you know, during COVID. Um, and it's, it's mm -hmm. really good to see people like, you know, they have all this extra time and it was not a good time for any of us and able to find, you know, positive in that. So good for you. And so you started yes. off on TikTok and, mm -hmm. um, you had some few viral videos and, and yeah. tell, us, tell us a bit about that. Oh, it was I, just a normal, uh, rock tumbling video that, uh, I had posted and, that's how it is on TikTok. You just never know when it's going to happen. <laughs> and once yeah. it does, the growth on the on the platform for your account is just crazy. 
Um, when that ha you know, when that happened and I gained so many followers, it was kind of hard to believe. I'm like, do all these people really want to see what I'm up to? But then I had luck on YouTube and even Instagram. I'm like, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. No, yeah, I think um, getting that rock tumbler is one of the best choices I ever made because, it, you know, since getting started in Lapidary and um, finding my community because there is not a lot of people like me in my area. Uh, it has changed my life. <laughs> Absolutely let's, changed my life. Yeah, but before we get too far from this, let's, uh, I think you sent the video uh, one of the videos that you've you've taken. Let's watch uh, one of the videos. This, yeah. <laughs> so this was the video that uh, did go really viral, and I did have to mute it because it had music on it. But uh, just blowing that. It's just mind blowing that a, a rock tumbling video could get that many views. But I mean, yeah, twelve million. They are beautiful. <laughs> they are beautiful, but it's still shocking yes. to me. <laughs> I mean, so, but that polish is fantastic. <laughs> so, so I, this does kind of go into one of the questions I had. I noticed in the beginning of this video that you had some white plastic beads. Mm -hmm. um, there's been, I've, I've talked to some people um, about like some of the rock tumbling tips, I guess, and different things. Some people that I've talked to have said plastic beads. Some people say don't use beads, use uh, ceramic. ceramic pieces. Um, I've even talked to some people that say don't use anything. Get really small agates and then use that as your filler. It's an awesome, pieces. yeah. So I've what, tried. Guess, yeah, yeah what, I've what tried all all of those techniques. Um, that video was taken well over a year or two ago. Um, so my technique is a little different. And I usually finish stage three and four with ceramics. And for stage one and two, I don't use ceramics or pellets or anything because I think it slows down the grinding process in your rock tumbler. I, I found if I, like, like you said, if I need a little filler, I'm just gonna go get, you know, who has uh, the perfect things for filler roughstone rocks has these little carnelian nodules they're like pea size and a little bit bigger if i need filler that's what i'm going to use because why waste the space in your rock tumbler you know yeah. right right yeah. so what tumbler do you use what's the brand so i use three different types actually i use lortone uh 33b a chicago electric dual rock tumbler and then the lortone qt12 three brands before rock tumblers and I use a tumblebee. <laughs> I try to use a little bit of everything so that way I'm really familiar with the more common rock tumblers so I'm able to help, you know, people out that ask questions, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And what kind of grit do you, or not, like, what's the brand of grit that you use? I currently, ever since I've started, uh, I've stuck with the rock shed. <laughs> Their grit and polish is great. <laughs> nice. Okay. Cause I, I'm looking at what I'm having and I'm not too satisfied with it. So I'm looking at trying to get another kind and I'm just like, you know, there's so there's other ones and I don't know which one's the best. So the rock shed. Right. Okay. I've, I've, yeah. been, I've had really good luck too with uh, Kingsley North. 
in in Michigan. Mm -hmm. They've got some really good stuff. Although I will say the town I just moved to in Minnesota has the uh, Minnesota lapidary supply and they've got a whole bunch of grit, which um, I found out the last time I was in there, they actually offer a discount if you are a member of a rock and mineral club. So wow. I'm going to have to take advantage of that. But right now I've got so much grit because I haven't been able to tumble in a while. And I actually picked up someone was giving away stuff for free, um, which is another thing. If you you know follow Facebook groups and stuff every so often, like I've run into people that they decide they don't want to tumble anymore. And they have all this grit that they just want to get rid of. And I've got just so much grit now that I need to start using it. It just blows my mind that anyone would not want to rock the ball anymore. Right. <laughs> I, like I said, I started three or four years ago and I have tumbled rocks literally every day since. <laughs> wow. So for me personally, um, I, I did like a few years ago, I stopped because I didn't like, it was just so messy in the winter, like just, oh yeah having to go and dump it outside and it's like snow up to here and i was just like eh. i struggled i struggled last winter with that a lot and i brought the bucket inside because that's you know yeah. kdarn 89 cannot stop <laughs> you know it, the show must go on <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see if i keep it up through the winter because i've got a lot that i yeah. want to tumble so yeah. So I guess kind of going along with the tips, like we talked about kind of some of the filler and stuff. Have, have you made any mistakes like rock tumbling that you've discovered like, oh, shoot, like I shouldn't do that anymore or like anything like that? Uh, you know, I think it's the biggest issue that people have with rock tumbling is they're not patient enough, especially with rotary rock tumblers. It's just a process that takes a long time. And I tell anyone that's new to rock tumbling, if you really, really want to look at them, just, you know, take a peek in the tumbler, rinse one off. But you have to practice as much patience through that first stage until your rocks are as smooth as possible. If, even if that means you're in stage one for a month. That stinks, but okay. that's what you gotta do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just practicing your patience, and it'll come with time. The more you rock tumble, because you'll be sick of your rocks not looking good. Right. And it, yeah. And then another thing that did happen, I went through this phase for like a month where my rocks were not coming out shiny. And yes, that's, uh, that's what it, I want to dive into. <laughs> it was because I was using um, too many ceramic pellets at, you know, in the final stage and it's just not getting enough motion to get a good polish. So that was a huge mistake I did. And I could not figure out for the life of me what was happening. But uh, Sean from the Rock Shed, he said, you're not using too many plastic pellets, are you? And sure <laughs> enough, that was the problem. <laughs> Yeah, I have I have noticed too that when I've done tumbling that you really need that wide range of sizes too. Um, mm -hmm. I've noticed that if I try to stuff it with too many large pieces, I end up getting some pits and different things too that um, mm -hmm. I don't see when I use a lot more smaller stones. Yeah, my QT12, which is a 12 pound rock tumbler made by Lortone, is not really a rock tumbler I recommend. Uh, the thing is my enemy. I love it, but I hate it because there's nothing like dumping out 12 pounds of beautiful rocks. But because it's so it's such a big barrel, the rocks just have too much room. And by the end of it, you've got damage and half of it looks bad. The other half's beautiful. It's just not one I would recommend for everyone. <laughs> 
So we, we did have a question come through. Um, Suze was wondering um, if you could uh, mention like what you think is the best type of rock to tumble. She said her son was given a tumbler for a Christmas gift. So if you are new to rock tumbling, it's gonna be really tempting to tumble things like fluorite because it's beautiful. Uh, you're gonna wanna, here's what I always tell people, go on Google and you're gonna Google search Mohs hardness scale mineral list and then hit images. And this image is gonna pop up and it's gonna have all the common materials listed. And it's gonna tell you on a scale of one to 10, how hard each different mineral or rock is. Um, so one would be the softest, 10 would be the hardest. You're gonna wanna stay, you know, in the seven to eight range. So agates, jasper, petrified wood, all of these are the things I most frequently tumble uh, materials like mukai, uh, polychrome, um, all of that would be, polychrome is probably my number one pick for uh, someone new to rock tumbling. That would be a great one to start with. I'm not sure where is quartz on the moss scale. Would you recommend? Uh, I think it's a seven. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, so like fluorite is going to be a four, and it does not yeah, do well in a rope. They'll just by the end of it, they're beaten up and they don't look good. So, you know, I I I haven't gotten a vibratory tumbler yet because I hear they're loud and I really don't have the space for it, but. Maybe it would be more appropriate to tumble fluorite in a vibratory tumbler. Ben, you you do rock tumble? Do you own a vibratory tumbler? No, I just have a the rotating one. Um, and I will mm -hmm. say to anyone that's like concerned, because I've seen a lot of people that like on Facebook, they'll ask about it and they'll say, you know, like how much noise does it make? Um, I've used a, you know, the rotating tumbler in three different apartments, I think. No one's ever complained about anything. If you put it in like a separate room or off, you know, somewhere, um, you really, it just kind of sounds like a light rain almost if you're like, kind of, if yeah, it's like around. Rain music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like it's, it's really yeah. not that loud because it's a rubber barrel. And so that really dampens a lot of it. I know some people they'll get like the, I think it's like National Geographic has like a plastic one or something. And those are very dangerous um, because they can break. And I actually had a, fr a friend who bought a rock tumbler for one of their kids and it was one of the really cheap ones and it busted during its cycle and got grit and things everywhere so mm -hmm. make sure if you if you are interested in it like definitely get something that's a little bit more money but like the lower tones like i'm not sure like i guess that's a, another good question like what kind of maintenance have you had to do because from what i've heard mm. from a lot of people the lower tones if you take care of them they will last forever yeah, I'm still using the same 33B I've been using. I think it was my second rock tumbler, definitely a trusty rock tumbler. I think I may have had to replace the belt one time. Now, I had mentioned a Chicago Electric, and this is a rock tumbler I've always used because you can find them at Harbor Freight, but I have had a lot of trouble with it. Um, but they will flat out stop working, so if... Uh, you know that is the best option for someone i always tell them make sure you get the warranty get the two-year warranty if, if you have the money to because you know if anything happens with your rock tumbler they will give you a brand new rock tumbler oh, but uh nice. i think tumblebee is my recommendation for someone wanting to start out rock tumbling with their child i taught my five-year-old with tumblebee and it is 
as far as I'm aware, the only rock tumbler on the market that does not get like hot to the touch. And I just think it's such a great safe option. Um, Tumblebee, uh, I think it was two summers ago, actually sponsored a lapidary class that I uh, did for children at a place called Ruby Studio in Lawrenceville, Illinois. Uh, they provided rock tumblers for all the kids. It was just wonderful. And they what? did, they did, well, not each what? kid, but like, but you know, two kids per tumbler. So, oh, and yeah, that's a good sized cool. class. Yeah. 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 And, I just, so if anyone is wondering, um, their website is tumble-b-b-e-e.com. Um, they've, they've got, they're, they're similarly priced to lore tones. Um, so they're a little bit on the, I don't want to say expensive end because to me paying a hundred dollars for a rock tumbler that'll last you eight plus years is not that expensive. Uh, especially if you buy like a $50 Harbor Freight one, you got to replace it twice. That right there is mm -hmm. the cost. Right. Um, but they're a little bit more similar to like the cost of lore tone. Um, but yeah, no, that's great. Um, I will say too, speaking about kids and, and rock tumblers too, there's a lot of really good um, like Facebook groups out there too. Um, if anyone is interested in kind of helping some of the special needs people too, um, there's actually a Facebook group called uh, Rock Tumblers for Autism, I think it is. And it helps people with autism get into rock tumbling. Um, if anyone's interested in that, I've been involved in the group for, for a little while. So there's, there's I'm going to have to really check cool that out. Yeah, yeah what there's I've a heard lot of really cool um, resources. And, you know, it, Facebook is a really great way, too, to kind of, you know, pair people with, you know, sending rocks and things like that, too. Um, but, yeah, no, that's that's really great. I was actually going to ask you about the uh, the Ruby Studio thing because I, I was sort of looking at them a little bit. Um, they look like they're mainly focused on, like, music, but they do some yes. kind of art stuff. So how did that happen where you were, like, teaching classes? So this is actually a fam family member of mine and she opened a music studio. I don't want to say for sure what year, but um, they just did a, sh a summer shine camp and, you know, they had several different uh, subjects, you know, classes. And she asked me to teach the cl a class on lapidary. And it was, I think it was a hit. <laughs> Everyone, all the kids really enjoyed it and they loved taking all their rocks home at the end. And um, later on, I saw that one of my students, we're talking like a year later, did a 4-H project and it was rocks. And I'm like, yes, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like, you know, I planted a seed in that child because yeah. it's here it is a year later. And, you know, <sighs> It's so important to me to get our youth interested. Yeah. You know, they're the future of all of it. Yeah, yes, I completely agree. I completely agree. So your kids enjoy doing this with you? Yeah, I not as much as I hope they would, but maybe one day they do enjoy yeah. it. Actually, my daughter wanted to go to Haunted Ridge for her birthday. That's why we got to go there. Wow. Um, oh, that's cool. But None of them are super into it, but you know, they, they yeah, like no, rocks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Especially guess... when like mom loves it. It's sometimes it's like, I don't know. I don't know how old your kids are, but if mom likes it, you know, if they're teenagers then it's not cool. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what were you going to say, Ben? So, um, I guess, so I was, you know, kind of looking through some of your old videos cause I had seen some of them. 
but the one I hadn't seen until today, you mentioned sort of, I guess, like some of your journey where you said that you started like your business with like $500 and that you actually like sold off your collection to like fund mm -hmm. this, I guess, yes. could you kind of talk like what made you decide that this is what you wanted to do and then just like jump into it, like, you know, feet first, like I'm going to just go all in. Uh, honestly, it was wanting to be able to sell the cabochons that I was making. Um, it kind of went from me just rock tumbling and making cabochons to everyone wanting to buy them and me needing to do it legally. <laughs> and then, it, you know, it just kind of grew from there. Uh, yeah, that's, I think, uh, I, I invested a lot of time into my TikTok and I grew my following well over 300,000 and I noticed that my my views were uh, going down and I didn't know why. So I started, you know, exploring other apps and then I also decided I'm not letting this work go to waste and I, I got the guts to uh, file my LLC, I believe in 2001. And then I was scared for seven months and didn't do a thing with it. And finally got in touch with the right people to help me get it going. And it's just been great. And um, I had already made so many wonderful friends on TikTok and they've just all been more than happy to support me. And they, I've brought them along on the journey from the start, you know, and, they get to kind of sit back and watch me go through the journey of learning how to own a business. You know, I waitressed from 16 to 27 and I was that type that was always scared to try new things. And this is where it comes in, comes back to me saying, you know, buying that rock tumbler, I cannot tell you what it did for me to find my community. I just started thriving ever since, you know. Um, it's absolutely amazing the things I have done over the last three years. Even, you know, when it came down to me uh, getting a sponsorship from Cat King, you know, when you haven't worked around any kind of equipment or used saws, that is very intimidating. <laughs> it's very intimidating, especially when you don't have anyone to teach you how to do it. And like I said, there's no one in my area to teach me. So, you know, wow. when you're dealing with saws, you got fast wheels spinning close to your face. It can be intimidating. And, you know, I put that machine together myself and uh, I learned how to cab all by myself from one that's YouTube video. That's <laughs> incredible. I love that. That's so, absolutely yeah. incredible. So going with that, so a couple of things. Uh, the first thing is if people want to buy some of your cabochons and things where can they do that so i have started i um an instagram i do have one on facebook though i'm currently not doing anything with the facebook if you go to the crystal.c-e-l-l-a-r the crystal.seller um you can buy cabochons there through pm but the majority of my, of my sales for the moment are done through lives because that honestly keeps me so busy that I have not been able to do a website or anything like that yet. Are, I'm, are you talking I'm, about Facebook, Facebook lives or Instagram lives or TikTok, TikTok actually? Oh, yeah. TikTok. Okay. I do on um, 
Instagram every once in a while, but more frequently TikTok, just because that's where my larger following is. So, okay. And just to remind people, it's K darn eighty nine is across. Mm-hmm. I think it's everything: Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, okay. and it's all. I try to all inside of the link of the show as well. Yeah, I do try to keep most of my business to on Instagram, especially to the crystal dot seller, because I just don't want to spam people that are following me for lapidary content with sales posts and things, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. um, and then, so I guess the second thing, so you talked about the cab King, um, you had sent some videos too. Of, mm-hmm. uh, oh, some wait, of I wanted to go back to the cab King. How did you okay, get sponsored back. by? Yeah. How did you get sponsored by them? Um, so I had, I think, grown my following and I just had, I had built a really nice community and uh, I had always wanted to learn how to cab, but, you know, being, I'm a mom of four, so something like a cabbing machine is going to be the last priority when it comes to like financial stuff. And yeah, I had, I had taken this position where I was teaching the community how to rock tumble and I wanted the challenge of teaching and sharing my journey with cabbing and um I reached out to multiple companies um some of them set up meetings with me and stood me up and cab king was like come out <laughs> and they nice. sent me a cabbing machine and they have yeah I hold that company so close and dear to my heart um that was like that's incredible. Yeah. a really big accomplishment for me. And I've just been so proud to represent them in any way I can. And I hope I've made them proud and uh, can't say enough that's good great. things about that company. Just, you know, even how they handle their business, because um, I know many people that have bought from them and they're just. And you have a discount too available if people want to purchase, correct? Yes, I do. And that's also noted in in the show, um, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, we do have a link to receive a discount on a Cap King through Kelsey. Yes, and I think that code is KD89. I actually have a high-tech diamond one too, but uh, I don't think I have it posted anywhere. (laughs) Because... Uh, High Tech Diamond and Cab King are actually sister companies, along with Tumblebee. <laughs> oh, okay, and, nice. Yeah, yeah. And um, Ben, you were going to show a video? Yeah, I guess you, you had sent up a, a few videos. Is there any like particular one that, that you want to show right now, or should I just pick one? Oh, yeah. you were asking me. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, yeah. it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, you can do, how about the Cabochon one first? This is just a re, uh, a video of a recent cab that I made. My current obsession when it comes to lapidary is agate, 100% banded agate. I cannot get enough of it. So in the little bit of time that I do have to uh, work on lapidary, because at the moment I am so busy, it's going to almost always be an agate. <laughs> so gorgeous. Oh, my God. And, and this was, I'm guessing this wasn't something that you found then, or, or did you find this? No, no, I did not find this. Now, this is a, um, I do believe this is a Mexican agate. Um, one of my good friends, Bill Gomer, hooked me up with that material. And that agate has the most beautiful platelets throughout the banding. 
That is gorgeous. And now let me ask on the Cap King, like just that specific cabochon, how long did it take you to make? Uh, it really depends on how, you know, uh, what details you're going to put into your cabochon, but that one probably took me about 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Really? No more than an hour. Yeah. Wow. Do you have like, um, like step-by-step -step videos to explain how to do this or did, like, and I, I got a lot of videos. I just didn't know if you had kind of show how to someone how to do I it. do believe I, I do on TikTok. Okay. Most cool. all of the good all TikTok got the best of me, you know. They got to uh see me start from the very beginning and all yeah. my how-tos and uh you know, you might have to dig a little deep yeah. on TikTok cuz I That's post okay. I used to post a lot, but the info is there for sure. And I, I know that you have like separate like kind of categories like mm -hmm. in the top like to pick from. So I'm definitely gonna cuz now I'm Every time I watch you, oh, I guess come on, like I, I want, <laughs> I want to do that too. <laughs> so, I I really need to redo that. Uh, if you're talking about the how to rock tumble videos, because my technique yeah. has cha that has changed a lot since I made those, but oh. those techniques will still get you good results. <laughs> okay. So so I guess so you you mentioned how like you started like I guess collecting rocks as a kid, and then you went to tumblers and. Like, how did you make the jump then to doing like lapidary and all the cabochons? Like, was that something that you just saw other people doing that you're interested in? Or yeah, is that something I, that you, you always wanted to do? I, uh, I I've always, I've wanted to rock tumble for a very long time. But again, I think TikTok inspired me to get the rock tumbler. And then Facebook groups, like you said, Ben, there's wonderful Facebook groups uh, that were so helpful with all my questions to like, at least get me started on the right foot, you know? Yeah. Right. And then you just grew kind of from there. It's, and I, I'm so impressed that you literally just like taught yourself. Like that's just impressive. Yeah. I know. I, I look back and I just cannot believe that I'm just a different person than yeah, I was then, even I five like years ago. How you said, like, it would be intimidating because, you know, you've got the, it's everything spinning fast, this big machine. That's how <laughs> I, I would be looking at it like, oh my gosh, this is. This is or my much. first time using a trim saw. I had never used any type of saw prior to that. So. <laughs> Um, so we, we did have a couple, um, I guess, comments and questions things too. So I know earlier we mentioned about Southern Illinois and the fluorite. Um, mm -hmm. And I know just a little bit, you know, north, um, there was some, you know, there's the classic Maison Creek fossils. Um, have you done any of these? Um, no, number one billiard is um, mentioning Maison That's Creek, but also the Calamine Cal trilobites from Grafton. I act, I've never even heard of them, to be honest. <laughs> well, I know what they are, but I didn't know they were in Illinois. So <laughs> I'd love to hear more on that. <laughs> I, I will me. say, so I, I did spend, I did, um, I was in Chicago for like three, three years or so. Um, and I, I knew people that went to find Maison Creek fossils. Unless you know of an area, it's like very hard to find them. Because there is a public area, but you can't dig. So mm. everything gets so picked over that you can't find anything. And it's also in an area that they flooded for, um, I think it's like a power plant or something that they, or wastewater plant that they've like kind of flooded different areas. And so it's very hard to even get to certain areas. So I know for Maison Creek fossils, at least, 
they're very hard to get. Um, and then if you do get Maison Creek fossils, just something I've learned from people when I was in Chicago is you don't cut them. You actually do a freeze thaw method where some people say it takes a year, but you put them in the freezer, let them freeze, and then you take them out, maybe heat them up slightly, and then you put them back in the freezer and you do that just to naturally have them break along where the fossils are. I think I have seen my friend rock hunter Mark do that. And he lives in Missouri and he finds a lot of great fossils. And I think I've seen him do that technique that you're talking about. Okay. And then we did have one other question too about if you've done any chain coral from the Great Lakes. As far as calving or have I found it? I, I have either. I have um cabbed some of the fossils that I've found and been do you I'm I think with fossils and maybe some bone you do have to be a little careful because uh with when you're when it comes to calving uh you do have water that comes down on the wheels to keep rock dust down because you don't want to breathe in rock dust but I do know that I believe there are some fossils that actually kind of put like a gas into the air. So you do have to be careful about that. Do you know, would you know what I'm talking about, Ben? <laughs> yeah, well, I, know I, so... I smelt it before. I know that for a fact. <laughs> and yeah, it can I mean, be dangerous. Can get... So you do have to know what you're doing when it comes to fossils, for sure. Yeah, and even just silica dust, like OSHA has been big. Um, for sure. Silica dust now recently too. Um, there was, I wish I remembered it, but it was a few years ago, there was actually an article in one of the, um, like, I think it was the American Federation, or not the American Federation, the Midwest Federation of Mineralogical Societies. So you have your club, and then, like, we were part of the Midwest, and they put out uh, some articles every, you know, month or couple months, and there was someone in there that actually did, like, a safety article, and they mentioned that they just felt like they were too cool, or what, or they didn't think too much about it, about not wearing... A respirator while they were doing a bunch of cabbing and they ended up getting the siliciosis of the lungs which is like asbestosis Ooh. with Ooh. asbestos but instead of asbestos you got silica that gets mm -hmm. into your lungs and then because it's i mean you like i i, <laughs> I mentioned it earlier on the podcast but you know quartz is like the roach you know cockroach of minerals because it just won't die that's what all you're saying <laughs> it's, it's all it's all the quartz so if you get that into your lungs, your lungs can't get rid of the quartz. And so, yeah, um, it's like my cab king has a wonderful water system that is great at keeping the dust down. But anyone who is starting out cabbing, I, you know, it's kind of a debated subject. Anyone who is starting out cabbing, though, I definitely recommend that they wear some kind of protective mask for their face. But I was thinking that there is something, uh, some kind of gas that can be released from fossils that is not just the normal, you know, like exposure type stuff. Like it can make you sick quick. Well, there are, I, I don't know about fossils per se. I do know in certain, uh, I think limestones and dolomites, you can get um, hydrogen sulfide gas. So um, I actually had to deal with this when I worked in the oil field where um, in the lesser amounts, it'll smell like rotten eggs. Mm -hmm. um, but yes. there actually is a point where the hydrogen sulfide actually gets to be too much where you don't smell it. You also get what's called olfactory fatigue, which is where after you smell it for a while, you kind of get used to it and then you don't smell it. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously doing things on a cab, you're probably not getting enough to where you're going to like pass out. Um, but um, that's just something to keep in mind. Um, 
I guess we'll do. And then yeah. I know like you, I even saw one of your videos too, where you mentioned like some of like, I guess it's important to know like what you're cutting and what might the, the dangers be. Cause I, I did see like you had one where you mentioned about malachite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, with something like malachite, I'm going to even wear gloves because I don't know. Malachite's just known as one of those especially toxic minerals and uh, you don't know what, all is going to be absorbed through your skin. So if I'm going to be cutting anything like malachite or chrysocolla or something that I know to be especially, you know, toxic, I'm going to wear gloves as well. That makes that's sense. just, you gotta be safe. I don't know if that's what all uh, lapidary artists do, but I have anxiety. So <laughs> I have anxiety. <laughs> so I wear gloves. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, it's all about just uh, like knowledge is power. Um, like yeah. like I, whenever I teach kids about rocks, I usually have a piece of galena and I always tell them this does contain lead. So make sure before mm -hmm. you go to lunch, wash your hands. It's you're not going to die. For sure. Yeah. It's not going to be anything dangerous, but just, you know, just the little things like that. Just make sure you take care yeah. of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. going to ask, um, back to tumbling. Um, so I know a common thing, like you said, a lot of tumblers, new tumblers have problems with the shine, but also um, I've noticed um, a bit on a lot of people are posts in the rock groups is like, you'll have the little white specks like on, on there, like at, you're at the final mm -hmm. stage and it's supposed to be done. And then you've got these little white specks. Like what would, do you know what I'm talking about? Like where it's um, like, it's kind of, it might be not, from tiny like little, it's like a dull, uh, it, it's like a dullness with like, and it looks like powder still on them. And it's like, how do you get rid of that? So what I, I think finish? you might, I do. That's where I was going, I'm going to say, I, I think what you're talking about could probably be resolved with a burnish and you can use either I, ivory soap or borax. You don't want to use other soaps. I've always been told because there's additives and other soaps that can be harmful to your rubber barrel. Um, I started out using ivory soap, but I found that borax works just as well. And it's actually more simple because you're not having to grind it up. Uh, but some people will use a, a short uh, burnish after each stage. For me personally, I use a burnish before and after my final polish and I, my results are just fine. You know, um, okay. everyone, everyone after they've rock tumbled a while forms their own technique. So. And how so long do you I, burnish? I, like, how long do you put them in there? Like, is it for a few hours, a few days? Um, I it doesn't need any more than twenty four hours. Normally, I would okay. probably run a burnish eight hours. Okay. Yeah, you that's don't fair. want your rocks rolling around longer than they absolutely have to, because the longer they roll around, it gives it more chance for your rocks to be damaged, in my opinion. So, you know. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So, so. Um, I was looking at some of your videos and it looks like when you transfer from one stage to the next, you've got like a five gallon bucket with like a sieve over the top. And that's like, you dump the rocks onto the sieve and clean them off. Is, is that what mm -hmm. you do then to kind of clean out the rocks between mm -hmm. each stage? Like, I guess yep. I, I'm just asking, cause like, I, it's like each person has their own method. And so like, I guess I've been super paranoid cause it's been drilled into my head that like if there's any grit that carries over from one stage to the next, you can ruin it. And so I've like, I do 
like I'll do a sieve with water and then I will like clean out the barrel super clean. And then I actually put my rocks into an ultrasonic cleaner to try to mm. make sure I get like everything off. So like, is, is that like too much or <laughs> like, I guess, I don't Probably. know, like, what were your thoughts? Uh, again, you know, everyone has their own techniques and I do know people that would go and do that much and they have wonderful results. I am, I'm just kind of, you know, go with the flow. I just don't get into it that deeply. And I feel like my results are pretty good. I, I've never, you know, had cross contamination when it comes to rock tumbling. So I've never had that issue. And I don't use, I do scrub out my barrel each before each stage. Um, and I will rinse my rocks really well, but that's, that's literally all I do. And then the burnish, of course. Right. And then I guess the big question is, what do you do with your like spent grit when you're done with it? Because I know so, I, like, everyone's been told, do not put it down your sink drain because it'll harm right. your sink drain. Absolutely. So like you said, I use a five gallon bucket and uh, it just sits outside. And as it sits, the, all the grit will sink to the bottom and then I will pour off the water off the top. And then I eventually just dump all of that into my garbage receptacle, so <laughs> my garbage can. So, you know, it's pretty easy, pretty easy to dispose of. Definitely don't put it down your sink. <laughs> I just That's dump like, mine like, underneath my, my uh, back patio. <laughs> just, yeah, just... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you if you were to put it, if you stop your rock tumbler for any amount of time, you'll see that the uh -huh. the grip just settles and it's almost like quicksand. It's just hard to even scoop through. You definitely don't want that to happen in your in your drains. <laughs> yeah, no, that would that would be bad. Uh, we did have one question just come through from Amanda asking about the white spots that you had mentioned. Um, or were you? talking about bruisings of the rocks. I don't know if she meant like, oh, like pitting that, or... that could be it too. Um, no, it was just like, it's almost like that the final stage grit, like it just like, it's like a powdery on top of the, on top yeah. of the rock. L like, like a soap scum kind of. Yeah. Like it's like, okay. yeah. And I'm like, why is this here? And so I'm like, Am yeah, I, I think a burnish. Like, okay. Yeah. Burnish should definitely help. Okay. I've got some burnishing right now. So I'm like, I'm like, when we get off tonight, I'm going to go check. <laughs> yeah, I think it should do well. Um, all right. I have four questions. They're all about your favorite rock or mineral. Ooh. And I want to know. All right. The first question is your favorite rock or mineral to tumble. Agate. Is there any particular agate or just agates in general? Oh, all of them. I love them all. <laughs> I, okay. you know, uh, Joshua Ritter uh, and Gene uh, from the gem shop got Malawi agates into the U.S. They work together. I don't, I don't know if you guys know who the gem shop is, but uh, I got some of those and Something about the first couple times I cut those just got me hooked. And it seems like now all I want to do is tumble, cab, cut, agate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, I will say I, I've actually bought some stuff from Josh Ritter. If anyone's interested, it's the agate. He's bag. great. 
Um, yeah, I've actually got some because he's from Germany, so I've got some cool German agates from him too. Yes, I recently got um, some Bulgarian agate, which I don't think I have any nearby. That's just incredible. It's green and yellow. We, I, I was asking him how I should say this because the spelling it could be said multiple ways. I right. Orpheus agate, I think, and I'm just hooked. It's green and yellow and moss agate and uh they have the prettiest banded borders and then it's like you know clear chalcedony with the uh, moss in the center and it's just beautiful he you know has really introduced me some beautiful new material diving deep into the agate world is a, a new thing for me so i've been learning a lot from his youtube videos as well oh okay all right so then my next one your favorite rocker mineral to cab Agate. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we got agates and agates. And then what's your favorite rocker mineral for like a display or like the raw version of it? Uh, so my two favorite things included quartz and labradorite for sure. I can't get enough of labradorite <laughs> or actually... any kind of inclusions in quartz. It just fascinates me. I, it's interesting you mentioned that too. It just reminded me, um, I'm actually trying to plan a trip because I usually do a vacation every year. Um, and I was actually looking at going to Newfoundland and Labrador, Canada, which I found Ooh. that uh, Labradorite was named because it was found in Labrador. Um, and mm -hmm. I found an article recently where there was actually someone who has, uh, they do lapidarian things in Labrador. And they were very upset because a lot of the rock shops are bringing in Labradorite from like Madagascar and they're not mm -hmm. sourcing it from Canada, which just seems for like sure. a sin to have it where it's named for your place and you're bringing it in from somewhere else. Yeah. Yep. But, I don't okay. know if this is true. Maybe you can confirm Ben, but I've always been told that I know, do know people that have found uh, pieces of raw Labradorite in, around the Great Lakes. And I had, been told that when the Great Lakes were formed that glaciers or whatever kind of brought a little bit of Labradorite down into the Great Lakes. Have you heard anything about that? I did research a little bit. I haven't been able to find anything because I've heard people say in different parts of Canada they have found it. Um, but I'm, I don't fully know. It's The Great Lakes are very odd because like Lake Superior, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, Lake Superior formed from a failed rift system. So um, when Lake Superior was forming a billion years ago, the earth was actually splitting apart. Oh, uh, this okay. This is actually what's happening right now in the African Great Lakes. So like Lake Malawi in Africa is actually part because it's literally splitting apart. Um, mm -hmm. And then for some reason, it just turned off in America. It just stopped. So, and it's, you can even see it almost down towards the Twin Cities. There's like geomagnetic anomalies and things that they can actually see the crust was splitting and it just kind of stopped. But as part of that splitting, then you have all this volcanism, which then forms the volcanic rocks that the Lake Superior agates form in. Um, and so there's just a lot of really odd, like geological things going on because you have a billion years of this volcanism and different geological processes going on. And then you've got all of the like different orogenies. And then also you've got probably one of the biggest meteorite impacts in the Sudbury meteorite impact. So 
there's so much interesting things going on. And then you've got the glaciers just going out. We're just going to shovel all this stuff in, you know, in different parts too. So, so it, that it, part's true then that well, part about the glaciers possibly yeah. bringing some labradorite down can be true because I do know multiple people that have found little chunks of labradorite. Now I can't say which lake it was in, but I think there's that would be cool to find. There's definitely labradorite in, in New York as well. So, which yes, I've heard great, that. There's a great lake there too. So the, the great lake stakes. So there's definitely labradorite, um, you know, whether which state has, you know, I know for sure New York does. So, um, but you know, as terms of like on the beach, you know, I'm, I, I know that there's like an actual like deposit in New York. So. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So then my last, my last fourth and final one, what is your favorite rock or mineral that you have collected? Fluorite. <laughs> and are you talking I've gotten... about Ill Illinois fluorite or are you talking yeah. about? Okay. Yes. Um, I, you know, as I was saying, there's not a whole lot in Illinois to rock hound for. So I picked a lot of gravel. I, I hopped down right into creeks. You know, uh, I don't know if this is for every state, but in Illinois, creeks are public waterways. So, uh, you know, if it's got like a, a bridge, you know, like a highway bridge over it, there's a good chance that's a public waterway. I mean, I'm not telling you to go out into the country and go get in someone's creek. That's not what I'm saying. Be careful about how you do it. But that's where I've spent a lot of my time rock hounding gravel, um, creeks and things like that. And because I am so close to the fluorite mines, fluorospar mines in Southern Illinois, I think some of it has been brought up in the form of gravel or rock for what, whatever reason. And I found that and I found some actually really beautiful pieces. And then I did get to go down to Southern Illinois, Southern, or, you know, where the fluorite mines are. And uh, I have rock hounded in that area too so that was really fun um but yeah i gotta represent fluorite because i live in the fluorite state that's definitely my favorite that i found but i really haven't had the opportunity to rock hound for much more than that so that may change but i think i'll always try to represent uh you know illinois fluorite <laughs> yeah I, I will say too with 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 like especially the illinois fluorite too uh make sure you check like the property ownership um, I oh, actually yeah. went to Southern Illinois and did some collecting at some of the fluorite mines, like the Annabelle Lee mine and even the Minerva mine. And um, I went with a group and then I actually found out a couple years ago that they have like, some of them have changed ownerships and now they have like, they like will not let anyone on. Some of them are even being patrolled by like the sheriff. So like yes. really make sure you like stay up to date um, on those types of things because you know, Absolutely. And I can confirm this too. And I, a little over a year ago, I actually got to go down to Southern Illinois and I met the owners of the only active floor spar mine in that area, I believe. And he confirmed, do not go there. <laughs> well, it's not his, but he said, don't go there. So listen to me, don't go there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and even down there, it's not even so much, I mean, the landowners, I mean, the actual mineral rights to the people who own the minerals, because that doesn't always, it, down in Southern Illinois, it isn't always the landowner who owns the mineral rights. So it's, yeah. it's even, even if you get permission from the landowner, you have to make sure that the mineral rights are actually the landowners as well. So, 
So it definitely gets super tricky down there and they will meet you with guns down there. They will. That's what I, that's why I, I, what I was trying to say without saying they will. will. So, so well, while you were down there, did you go just across the border to Kentucky and go to the Benny Clement mineral museum? No, I wanted to, but I just had a, f- a full day anyways. And then, you know, like I said, I got to meet the owner of the active floor spar mine there and listening to his stories, I could have sat there for hours upon hours, you know, he's been mining fluorite for a long time. And uh, just, he taught me how to make uh, octahedrals out of fluorite uh, with a chisel, which I also don't recommend trying because he's just a pro at it. It makes it look like it's so simple, but I've tried and tried and I still cannot do that. (laughs) Yeah, I I had that same experience too. We ran into someone that could do that and they just go, oh, here's some floor. And they go, chip, 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 chip. Here you go. And it makes it look so easy. But but yeah, yeah, I would recommend the next time you're down that area, take the ferry across to Kentucky Mm -hmm. and the Benny Clement. They've got a really cool fluorescent mineral display as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I wish I would have thought to uh, grab because while I was there visiting, I I got the opportunity to buy a couple um, fluorite specimens from them, and they're special and beautiful. Yes, makes makes me proud to live in Illinois, knowing that uh, that beautiful fluorite's coming from my state, even though I I'm not getting to house <laughs> for it really. <laughs> I'm getting scraps if I find it. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I saw in one of your videos, you mentioned kind of some of your milestones that you've reached, um, and you mentioned mm-hmm. like you were finally able to get Amethyst Cathedrals. So yes, I, I was just thinking, like, I guess, what is like your next milestone that you're like trying to reach? Um, an employee, so I can get back to Lapidary because I miss it so, so much. Um, I really n- never... You know, once things took off with Lapidary on social media, I really expected that that was what I was going to be doing forever. I thought that was it. And then, you know, with things not going how I expected them to on TikTok, I was trying to think of a plan B. But now I found that I really love selling crystals as well. Uh, You know, I have to. I'm a little picky because I'm a lapidary artist and I know what a good polished rock looks like. Yeah, a lot of stuff that I buy is polished up. So that can be that can be a challenge being a lapidary artist and you know yeah. getting palm stones and spears and wanting to fix everything. And it's just you can't. <laughs> but uh yeah. I forget where I was going with all that, but <laughs> well I, I do want to quick point out to the the mineral monsters did say to go collect some wolfenite in Arizona. I absolutely want to do that. Another big goal would, you know, hire an employee so I can get back to lapidary because I miss it so, so much. But it just makes that time that I get on my calving machine. Just calving therapy. Yeah. Love it. You know, and I, I, I definitely want to get back to lapidary. Um, a bit, another big goal is to reclaim my home <laughs> because between the lapidary and the business, I oh, yeah. have no, I have no personal space left. So, you know, I'm wanting to uh, get a new space that people can also visit. Um, another thing 
I want to do is connect with my community, those close to me. Um, and also, I am a member of the Evansville Lapidary Society, and I think that they are, I haven't got to, you know, be there often, but I would love to contribute to Evansville Lapidary Society more because uh, our area really doesn't have anything to offer. That's about the closest thing to me, which Evansville, Indiana is uh, over an hour from me, but it's 100% worth the drive because the people there, you know, if you have a lapidary club within driving distance, take advantage of it, join it. You know, it's a small membership per year and the people there, their brains are just full of knowledge that they're they'd be so happy to share with you. It's one of the best resources when it comes to, you know, wanting to learn lapidary. Find a lapidary club. If you've got a big city near you, search that and start there. I want to contribute more to my lapidary club in the future too. Definitely getting back to my roots of lapidary is a huge goal for me. You know, once I get an employee and have some help managing uh, everything, that'll be a big goal. That's, it's just incredible just to listen to your story. Like you're talking about having an employee and like, you know, three years ago, you, you, you started off doing TikTok videos and you know, that's. And at the time I was a stay at home mom, you know, and there's absolutely nothing, nothing wrong with being a waitress, but there was, I did not feel, feel fulfilled by my job. And, um, you know, ever since. I found my community and helping people, you know, getting to work with all those children that summer. I feel so fulfilled and it's, it's just where I should have been all along. I'm just so glad to be here now, you know, and feel like I'm thriving and offering something to the world, you know. It's a good feeling. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, before we sort of wrap up a bit here too, you did send some more videos. So I just want to throw up some more videos here. Um, so I can, I can mute that. So I guess what, what is, what was this? Is this one of the Malawi agates or? It sure is. Yes. And I was so impressed with the bright colors inside the Malawi agates. And I think that's what got me hooked on them. That's okay. That's what I've been spending a lot of time doing. If I have time for lapidary, I cannot stop cutting agates. It's like opening Christmas presents. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they're not pretty, but a lot of times they're just so beautiful. And and what was uh, oh, what was this one here? That is a koimido. It's a pseudomorph, though. And okay. then that one is another Malawi. So pretty. Yeah. Wow. I think we had one more. Let's see. Oh, oh yes, I really love this one. Yeah, it's got a nice little uh, like geo pocket. Mm-hmm. And and what what kind of agate is that? Uh, I'm thinking that might have been a type of agate from Argentina. I can't think of the name off the top of my head. I, I'm not sure on that one, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, no, those are all, those are all great. And then were those all from your, your TikTok or like, where, where did those videos come from? 
yeah, a lot of them are on my TikTok, but they're on all my social medias. You know, I'll share that to YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Okay, yeah, so I would just love... a reminder, <laughs> KDARN on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I see a question from Mineral Monsters, who who I actually met on TikTok, and they are wonderful, just the best hearts. I love that family so much. Are, am I going to Tucson? This is very hard for me to do. I'm a mom of four. Um, it's not easy for mom to be away very long, um, and you know, Tucson is very far away. This is like a major goal, another major goal for me. Uh, Tucson, I might cry if I ever make it to Tucson, but you know, as as my business grows and everything, this is becoming something that is actually achievable. So hopefully in the yeah. near future, I will be at Tucson and I hope to meet everyone there. <laughs> I'm just going through um, some questions here. Yeah, um, so Wayne, Wayne actually said nice cuts. Um, that actually was something I was um, going to ask you about. And I actually forgot until right now. Um, I've talked to some people about this. So I'm curious about your thoughts on this. How do you decide how to cut like an agate nodule? Like, do you yes. try to go like some people have said, like you go the longest cut, like whatever's gonna be the longest cut. Do you like look for some kind of like tell that'll tell you like which way like how do you decide how to clear like um on some agates there's something called a window that can kind of give you a good idea of where you need to cut but i bet that some of my cuts make the agate experts cringe guy <laughs> it's really not something that i'm super knowledgeable about yet um but uh yeah i know that there are windows that can kind of give you a little view of maybe what where which way you should cut and things like that i've always wondered that too um ben like which way to cut because i've got agates and i cut them and i i cut them the wrong way and then the <laughs> the banding is like all messed up and i'm like well, how would i know which way to start you know so when you said to go the long way that does make sense so yeah that's something that i need to try the next time because i always whenever i cut it i cut like like I don't cut where you can see a window. I cut through it and it, it looks messed up. <laughs> You've got a lot of people here supporting you, Kelsey. This is oh. <laughs> um, I can't so wait to, will I be able to like watch a replay and see the comments? Oh yes, yes. The, cool. we, we keep the um, the live stream um, on, on our page. Um, I usually take it down after like a day or two, but you can always, the show will always be like on um, YouTube. But as far as this live with the comments, it, it'll be up at least 24 to 48 hours. So you'll be able to respond to them. And if there's like, Yay. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. Thank you so much, everyone for coming and watching. And and Wayne said to cut a hundred onions. So you know how to cut one egg. It. Really? <laughs> like, is that meaning like just for like, you want to go with the line? I still, I still don't even, even with that. I'm like, <laughs> I know how an onion is, and I'm still, I've cut a lot of onions. I still can't cut an agate right. <laughs> Patty says my trash pandas are here. Hi guys! I was, I was wondering what that meant. Oh my gosh, this is so funny. So. As I was telling you guys, because I'm a lapidary artist, I'm very picky about the items that I get for my business. And sometimes the quality just, I hate it. 
and I don't want to sell it to my customers. And I had this bin of items that I did not want to sell to my customers. Um, raccoons are one of my favorite animals. And I had told them about that bin and they demanded I sell that in the live. So I did for like a really cheap price. And uh, I just started calling them my trash pandas because raccoons like trash and this is considered trash. <laughs> and it's just stuck now. They're all my trash pandas. <laughs> That's funny. That's great. Yeah. All right. So if anyone has any other questions, they can, uh, if they want to go ahead and um, ask and we'll, cause we'll, otherwise we'll get started on wrapping up. Yeah. So our next episode, um, which I've already seen a lot of people very interested in this. Um, our next episode is going to be on Wednesday, August 23rd at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. And we are going to have Dustin Twiss, who is a Native American artist who actually uses the Fairburn agates um, to incorporate in with his artwork. So we'll talk a lot with him about sort of his artwork and inspiration and sort of how he got into this and, you know, looking for Fairburns and, and all of that stuff. Yeah, I'm excited to speak with him. I his artwork is is incredible, so I'm interested in learning about his story and the connection um, with agates and uh, Native American culture. So it'll be a really nice show. Yeah, so tune in uh, Facebook and YouTube at nine o'clock on August twenty third. Yes. Good night, everyone. Peace out. Thank you, Kelsey. Thanks for having me. Yes, Bye, thank you, Kelsey. Bye, everyone. <laughs>